real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is January 31st, 2020. January is done. It's finished. It's over. This was the first month of this year that was so packed with so many things happening. And I think it is time that we all kind of took a little bit of a step back and realize exactly what's going on. So many things are happening. These Democrats are fighting for their lives and why? Why have they been plotting against us? Why have they been moving against us? You have to think about it. The lies, the attacks, the push, all to do what? Change society, change the way we are, change the way we think. Aren't we creatures? All of us are creatures of God. He created every single one of us, but we are not all his children. It depends who we serve. Those of us that serve each other, those of us that lift each other are the ones that are children of God. There's a big difference. We were born with free will, right? All of us are born with free will. Free will that got us into the mess we are with the primordial sin, right? We are all, we all have this innate right to freedom. Freedom to do as we wish because this body, this soul has been bestowed upon us to be able to make choices. Choices of what we eat, how we sleep, what we breathe, if we indulge in other things, if we love, if we hate, if we're evil, if we're good, it is our choice. Yet there are people, many people out there that do not want this. They want you to serve them. Now, as a child of God, you would not ever think that you must use your inferiors to serve you. If you haven't realized it yet, the battle of the fittest, the fight of the fittest, Darwinian type uh, mentality and actions are being shown and demonstrated in front of you. You are their inferior. Do you think the commentator on CNN sees you as an equal? Do you think that Pelosi sees you as an equal? Do you think Schumer, Nadler, all of these clowns, do they see you as an equal? No, they do not. You are their inferior. You are there to serve them. That's what it is. So one has to think, you have to think, just how far will they go to take away that? To take away that important thing that defines you, your thought, your right to be free. You are not allowed to maintain reality 
morals thrown out the window because law and reality have to go together hand in hand. Okay, this is a debate that has been going on for eons. Actually, it was central to moral and social thought in the fifth and fourth centuries. This has been always the power struggle, the struggle. And you know what we lack is sophists. That's a word that we don't hear often. Many people see this white owl as uh, what represents what? It represents wisdom. And wisdom is nothing but being sagacious and having some expertise in something in views of such. And one person that talked about it in their great speech was Protagoras, very ancient sophist. Uh, he also drew a map of the world that had the world the way it is now before Columbus, before all of them. This has all been written out. It, it, if you look at the sophists, uh, Thrashmichas, we're talking from BC times about the Republic. The argument was law and morals must go hand in hand. But people like the ones you see in the house today believe that morals don't count because it is their innate right by nature to use their inferiors to gain power. That is how they believe they should. That is how they believe life should be just like in the wild. Because the unintelligent, here's how they see it. The conventional morality is devised by weak and unintelligible, uh, unintelligible people. And that the strong and the intelligent do what they're entitled by nature to do. And that is exploit their inferiors for their own advantage. That is basically how they operate. This is what they call an inverted moralist who holds that what is really right to do is what's conventionally wrong to do. In other words, authoritative norms to prevail in nature are shown by behavior of non-human animals. So they believe in the laws of the animal kingdom. This is something people don't seem to understand. This has been written by so many time and time again. An inverted moralist believes that what's really right is to do is conventionally wrong to do. That is what they say. They say to prevail in nature, you must show behavior of non-human animals like beasts of prey. Those that act in accordance to norms do things in accordance to nature and justice and the law of nature, but not in the law of society. And that's the problem. This is why we have human trafficking. This is why we have pedophilia. This is why we, are be we have been ruled without knowing. In his great speech, he made it clear that humans adopt moral conventions as a necessary survival strategy in a very hostile world. And he insisted that this would involve stunting human nature because people are obliged for self-protection to abandon the goals of self-satisfaction. That's a pretty big statement, right? 
But think. You would have to think. How can these people be walking among us? How can they be around us? When their goal of self-satisfaction, which is innate to us by human nature, is done on the backs of others. Immune from sanctions. Because the rest of us are inferior. That means... You seek your own interest with no restraint. This is how they do it. And in Hippias' speech, he actually said that when intellectuals come together, they shouldn't fight, right? Because then they lose. What they should do is debate and discuss. And right now we see that if law and reality must come together to create this normal balance, then what they have done all these years is slowly dis disrupt what reality is and change our norms and thoughts. And that is how this has come to fruition. This is how they have gotten the power that they've had. So when the president says that this is the tipping point, I can tell you that the future is very bleak if they succeed. It is very, very bleak. It is a future of just one world that has been plagued with these intellectuals that believe that you are lower than them, that you are nothing to them, that you are inferior and they are better. The establishment that distort reality until it makes sense for them. And they can live with it because you don't count. These are animalistic laws. This is what they work and thrive with. And you can hear it in Senator Schumer's speech this morning. Listen to what he says. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Listen. We asked to hear from well relevant witnesses and review relevant documents in this trial for a very simple reason. This is about truth. And today, the Senate will vote on whether witnesses and documents are allowed in this trial. The importance of this vote is self-evident. Trials have witnesses. Trials have documents. The vote today is about whether the Senate will have a fair trial of the President of the United States. So it's deeply disturbing that on something of such importance to the future of our democracy, a few of my Republican colleagues announced last night they vote against hearing additional evidence. It's clear where the American people stand on the issue. Republican senators who decide to go against the will of the people will have to reckon with it. The result of today's vote is still an open question. But I would note that even in Senator Alexander's statement announcing his opposition to new evidence, he said that it was proven that the president did what he was accused of. He came to the wrong conclusion about hearing evidence in this trial. That's clear. But Senator Alexander, a senior Senate Republican, a retiring member, said out loud that I think most Senate Republicans believe in private. That yes, the President did withhold military assistance to try to get Ukraine to help him in his elections. And yes, the President did interfere with congressional investigations of that misconduct. He said, yes, the president conditioned foreign aid and a White House meeting with an ally at war on the performance of bogus investigations that would help his reelection. 
Alexander rejected 90% of the argument from the President's counsel that the President did nothing wrong. He acknowledged that the President did something that the Founders feared most. Are they writing on Alexander? It sounds almost like we've seen this story before. Now, time traveling just a little bit, and obviously I have some background music. Guys, I'm trying to find out where it's coming from, and I don't know. So let's just roll with it. Uh, What we saw is that law and morality are themselves that are natural developments, and it is extremely necessary for any civilization to grow, okay? This is where Alexander comes in. Egoistes. Um, Your ego has to cooperate because ego and morality sometimes counteract each other, right? And when you have a big ego, your, your morality comes second. And in times to be able to advance and use your primal instinct to win at all costs, like non-human creatures do, your morality is dismissed completely. And this is where we're at. You will step, you will spit, you will move, and you will run over anyone that comes in your way. Because like I said, it is the job of the strongest, supposedly, to take advantage of the inferior. And this has been going on for eons. What if I told you that kingdoms and empires from the past, we're talking from the times of Babylon to the Egyptians, to the Greeks and the Romans, all of that was all cycles of civilization where they just sucked so bad. They lost so hard, just like the Democrats are losing right now. They're losing super hard that they had to start it all over again. Start it all over again. And if you think this propaganda, you know, narrative, oh, you know, President Trump is just going on it. President Trump is just saying it. Well, I can direct you to the Bible where you can read the story of Babylon, where they say the same thing. Having seen the Suniform text, I can tell you that was not propaganda. At that time, that civilization was at the same cusp that we are and notice that where we're at this battle of ruling or to rule ourselves or be ruled is just at the same point as every other uh, big empire and I'm not saying the United States is an empire because the war that we're fighting is not just for us today the British uh, citizens have some form of joy even though they live under a monarchy to believe that they had a choice Okay, they gave them that ability to think they had a choice and that they brexited. They brexited. Hmm. They left the EU, which is something that their own country constructed. Their own country created the European Union and they left not so fast. There's more to this. But for now, we can take this small win, this small win. One has to assume that we can move forward from this. One has to assume that we will prevail because right now there's four different possibilities. Three of them are very bleak. And one is the one outcome that we wish because we have to understand that law assumes that there is a distinction between moral and legal conventions, right? That's what the law, the law of society does. 
And in in order to have morality and legal com- moral conventions and legal conventions come together, it has to be a, 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 a unified decision by human beings that create this agreement amongst themselves to say this is the original constitution, the constitution of being a human being. And this is how we want to go forward. We will accept reality. We are not going to dispute facts. We will stay with it. We will sanction life because that is something that we don't even understand. It's a miracle that happens in the dark. And it is a one, your version, the version of you sitting right now listening to me is one in a trillion that happened in the dark and happened so perfectly that you were created and all your imperfections so perfectly put together. So the law and reality debate is something that has been going for a while. And right now they are shattering uh, and giving more to shaping your reality and taking away that right for you to have free will and think as opposed to allowing you to understand it. Draconian laws, you say? They're already advocating to silence you. They're doing it out in the open and they're saying, silence them. We don't want to hear them. Do not allow this person to run. We don't want them to run. This is bad. This is good. Killing babies, innocent children. Silence anyone that says this. Silence anyone that criticizes us because they are inferior. They have no right to speak. This is what they have been doing to us for a while but see those of us that can travel into the future that have seen the future per se and have seen it that have come they make these slight alterations in order to herd society where they need to be to find that balance between law and reality because once they can rewrite redraw and redefine what reality is your thought is no longer yours we do not share a collective thought anymore and just so you understand that breach of any laws of nature right of reality inevitably leads to very bad consequences and it guarantees that if we don't uphold divine legislation divine legislation which is free will and the right to life, then everything else falls apart. And this has been going on for eons. It's not something new, but nowadays we don't have any sophists to put it together for us, to tell us no, no wise words to be put, no questions. Why are we not allowed to pose questions and think? Instead, we sit in angry corners. We polarize people, you know, God is nothing but divinity, right? He, he, the divinity of everything. He created everything, everything. You, me, and even the corrupt people right now trying to take away your right to free thought. Okay? And it's important that we understand that. That above all, life which is the biggest mystery because we can't recreate it. We can't say, yes, spark those two cells and make it a human. We can't do that. We can't create DNA out of nothing put together. We have all the elements. We have them. Why is it that when we put them together, they're inert and they're doing nothing? That's because we are not God. 
and things miraculously work in the way God wishes to. Yes. Not in the way they wish to. They cannot create life per se out of nothing. They can only create artificial life. And when you become obsolete, when the inferior humans to them are too much, they will find other servants. And that is how it happens because some people are children of God and some creatures of God choose not to be children of God. And though that's the difference. We have to understand we are all creatures of God, but only a few choose, only a few choose to be children of God. Morality, that little voice inside of you that says this has to be wrong. That, that, that thought of, I, I want to help my neighbor because they fell down. I, I see the guy counting quarters, you know, at the counter trying to pay for his food. I, I don't have money. I'll, I'll buy it anyway. Because I, I can, I, I can go and, and get something another day. Because I want to help him because he is me, I am him, etc. We are all creatures of God, but not all of us are children of God. And we have to remember that for the first time in a very long time, we have a praying president that understands that. A president that is being fought with everything they've got. And unfortunately, those that are not children of God do not have the same weapons that we do. And that's the collectiveness of good nature. See, we are innately good as creatures of God, but who we choose to be our father is separate and going forward just so that we understand the thought of how life should be as a person in a civilization, you know, part of a civilization, part of a society is that we all help each other. And that we all progress. And yes, some of us are great at this. Others are great at that. Others are great at this. We all have our own niche. Kind of like me, my superpower per se from a young age was languages and understanding dialects. Another person is cooking. Another one is hunting. Another one is fishing. And then we come together and support where the other lacks, right? That, that, that is what society is about. And it doesn't mean that we all can't share in that. You know, if you're really good at building cars, you're going to have the best car, right? I don't know how to build cars, but I will pay you a lot of money to build me an amazing car because that's what you can do. And so you can afford great things. And for me, you want to read text, right? Or, uh, you know, hear something from another language and you will pay me money to translate it for you or interpret it for you, right? And then I will be able to buy myself cool stuff because I use that quality. I'm the best at what I know I can do. There is no useless human being here born out, you know, coming out of the gate, kind of like horses. They're not useless when they come out of the gate. They're only useless depending on the jockey that's riding them. And the jockey is defined by who's paying the jockey. So who's your jockey? Is your jockey that of God or not? And that is the question that we should have in our minds when we look at them. Huh. You know, people that are wise, uh, sophists, that, 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 that speak are not uh, um, people that have all the answers, right? Because we can read uh, scriptures and writings 
that are over 6,000 years old and they still, and we can't still answer the question. The question is morality and reality. If we break them up, if we bring them together, is that what we can consider a utopia? Because that's the one thing, finding the, the right balance. And what we're seeing now is a complete imbalance from every perspective. Reality is out the window. A partisan impeachment. Hate. Hateful rhetoric. Very hateful rhetoric. Division. Segregation. It's pretty interesting how life has changed over the past few years. We have become more prosperous and yet there are people that want to remove a president that has brought so much prosperity. We are in uncharted waters now because you and I were not here in the 1800s. But I can tell you in 2024, some anticipation is coming for 2024. We'll talk about that after the break. Hopefully I can find out where this background music is coming from, too. I'll see you all in a bit. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So I can't really figure out where this music is coming from somewhere on my computer. That may be actually revealing my gaming side. So I'm pretty sure I've got something running. And because I don't want to mess up my feed, we'll just go with it, right? We'll just have some background music, whatever, right? Um, it's all good. <laughs> so today, uh, in about 30 minutes, they're going to start voting. And we have these people deciding for us. They're saying that they're speaking for the American people, and I want you to hear Schumer say it. I want you to hear what they're saying. This Batman wannabe penguin, right, is doing what has been done for eons to the people of this world, for the children of God, because no child of God would ever exploit their inferiors to gain. Because this is exactly what they're doing. They've exploited us, our U.S. federal tax dollars. Who says we're supposed to give it away to Ukraine, to Turkey, to China, to anywhere? It's ours. The whole golden road of America was made on the premise that the harder you work, the more you can have. You pitch your tent. You feed your family. You hunt, you eat. You don't hunt, you die. You have a supermarket now, right? You work, you can buy. You don't work, you can't buy. And one might say that's a really harsh reality. Yes, especially when we fall on hard times. But that's when creatures of God that are children of God step in. And this is where we step in to help each other, right? And this is how society goes. We don't force people to help each other because not everyone is a child of God, just a mere creature of God. So with those telling us how we must act, how we must think, they have taken away our right to the number one thing that all creatures of God have, and that's free will. You are not allowed to say this. You are not allowed to think this because we said so. Because that shows that you are defiant to what we tell you. 
We know better, even though this is a partisan impeachment, it's one of the people, none of the people want this. If you are so righteous, then go to the the ballot, bring someone up, bring a person forward that speaks to the people. That is how you get elected. Bring someone up that speaks to the children of God, because those are the people that work hard. Those are the people that work hard to maintain their communities. Those are the ones that work hard to help their neighbors. Those are the ones that work hard to pay it forward. Children that are not of God do not. They are selfish. They go by the laws of nature of the fittest win only. And, and you know, might say capitalists do that. If you're sick or if you're a loser or if you're dumb, we're just going to leave you behind. Never, ever have you seen that. How many times throughout history have you seen kings, queens, right? Elitists, you know, sophists, philosophers, Take in those that are handicapped. Care for those that need more help. And you know what they do? They don't care for them in a way that they're dependent. They promote their independence. And that is where you see the difference. When you have people that are promoting dependence, they wish to promote to take away your right to free thought. Because if you're not free in your thought then you are dependent on another dependent financially dependent for sustenance, dependent for direction, dependent for purpose in life. And think if this hasn't worked before, why are they trying it again? It's kind of like those mundane socialism didn't work before. It's going to work now. Do you know why it hasn't worked? Because free will is the most powerful element of our being. So when you have a society, that you have created to be dependent on you for food, direction, financial stability, shelter, health. At some point, where are they going to say, well, what's the point of living if you're going to tell me everything to do? If this road is just one straight road and I can only see a horizon ahead and I can't even change course, I can't take uh, you know, an alternative route, I can't take the scenic route, I can't do anything because you're telling me how I have to do it. What's the point of living? And that's where society comes to a halt. And that's where people decide to revolt when they've had enough. And this has happened again and again and again throughout history. And it'll happen again and again in the future. And you know, while all of us are focused on 2020, I think what we need to focus on is 2024. Because this is the first time we've had a president in a very long time that has been able to communicate with every single citizen in this nation by some mean, some way or another. His shoes are so massive. Who's going to fill them? That is what you have to think of. The 2020 elections are the prelude to 2024. And I know it's the last day of January 2020. But we need to have this conversation today because we're going to start having it next year today. And the president's going to let you know next year today, according to history, as I remember, next year today, where that will be the ultimate task to find who's going to fill those shoes. Who's going to continue to promote 
law and morals to be going hand in hand. Who's going to do that? That is the conversation that you should start having with yourself. Those are the thoughts that you need to start having as we see how this works. Because today we're going to see those people that are getting paid with the hard-earned money that we make that are eating and dressing and walking and talking and working out and staying at hotels and eating at the Ritz Carlton on our dime. If they're really serving us, if they're really doing what's right for the future, see, because if any one of them votes to continue the sham, it means that their children have already been inducted in that non-human type realm. They're the ones that go by the law of nature. They're the ones that push fight it, you know, survival of the fittest and that they consider you inferior. And you know, when you give power to those that you consider supposedly inferior, it's dangerous. How many times have you seen that movie? where the new king doesn't want to give his son power because he's scared that the son is going to kill him, right? Where you don't want to train someone at your work because you think they're going to take over your seat because they might be better at you at that. But that's okay, isn't it? I mean, I'm uh, totally okay. If I could train someone to do what I do and they're better at it than me, yeah, I'll be gutted, right? But I'll be trying to mimic what they're doing or try to learn from them because that is what life is about, right? To learn from others. We're supposed to constantly be learning. The minute you stop learning is the minute you stop living. We learn every single day. <laughs> so right now we're going to learn how to be able to discern who's on our side and who's not. Today's lesson, today what we're going to see is going to help us parse through for generations to come. Today, we're going to see how we can parse out who will replace those shoes in 2024. Because unlike many would think, every single one of us is prone to deception, prone to hurt and harm from those closest to us. And President Trump is one of the most important examples in regards to political realm, legal realms, you know, legal fare. He's a prime example. He was surrounded by snakes. But surrounding those snakes were a bunch of digital soldiers, of faceless people that live by, you know what? The COPPA rule. COPPA. K-O-P-P-A. In the ancient times of wise men touring the Greek Empire and teaching, the teachings of winning or succumbing, uh, overcoming evil was that of Copa. Uh, ironically, Copa is the word in Greek for the letter Q. And that's pretty interesting, right? Uh, very interesting. And uh, I don't think that was even thought by who, whatever group put it together. It's kind of like, whoa, synchronicity. And you know, synchronicity always happens when what? when you're in tune with actual reality. 
So when you see something and something ticks, you're just like, what's going on here? This is just way too creepy. I can't believe I'm seeing it. Synchronicity means that you're in tune. You're in that frequency of what's really going on. And here's where you can hear what's really going on. The potential corruption of our national elections by a foreign power. Solicited by none other than our own president. And to hide that gross misconduct, the White House exhausted every legal trick in the book to prevent Congress from investigating. If my Republican colleagues refuse to even consider witnesses and documents in this trial, this country is headed towards the greatest cover-up since Watergate. If my Republican colleagues refuse to even consider witnesses and documents in the trial, what will the president conclude? We all know he'll conclude he can do it again, and Congress can do nothing about it. He can try to. It's not Congress, is it, guys? It's not Congress. Because if it was Congress, it would be bipartisan. Why are we listening to them saying this? It is not Congress. It is just the Democrats. The Democrats that were supposed to be representing democratic values. How democracy was born to be the voice, collective voice. My gosh, I'm choking today. Jesus, Lord, help me. Um, <laughs> the collective voice of people. That is what democratic values are. That's what the democratic principles are. And how is this a collective voice when it is the voice of few? How is this a collective voice when it is partisan? How can they say they're doing this for the people when they're doing it for them? They are literally fighting for their lives. And anyone that steps in and doesn't do as they say will be railroaded, will be annihilated, will be humiliated. And you can hear it here on CNN where one person says, stop. This guy has worked with you. He worked in so many administrations. How can you say this about him because you don't agree? He is brave enough to stand for what he wants because he has nothing to win and nothing to lose. But stand for what he wants. And yet, they attacked him. Take a listen. I want to read this key line again from Senator Lamar Alexander's statement tonight saying he'll vote no on witnesses. Quote, I worked with other senators to make sure that we have the right to ask for more documents and witnesses, but there's no need for more evidence to prove something that has already been proven and that does not meet the United States' Constitution, the United States Constitution's high bar for an impeachable offense. The Constitution does not give the Senate the power to remove the president from office and ban him from this year's ballot simply for actions that are inappropriate, unquote. Uh, let's get a reaction from the panel. It does seem, and Senator Kuhn seemed to believe that says, that Alexander believes that the, the, the argument that the Democrats were making was proven. Um, it's just not impeachable. I think that's what it says. It's, it's a little baffling. I have to say there are a lot of negatives in there. and inappropriate. I mean, it's not a, a crystal clear sentence. The only thing that's clear is that he's not voting for witnesses and that he thinks the president's behavior is inappropriate. So he doesn't agree with the president that this was a perfect phone call and, and that his behavior was perfect. But, I mean, let's be clear. This means that this trial was a sham. That's right. This trial was not a trial in any meaningful sense of the word. Um, there is, we know 
relevant evidence out there in the world. There are documents, there are emails, there are texts, and there are witnesses which could shine very clear light on what went here, what went on here, and the Senate says, we're not interested. That's a disgrace. John Dean? This was not a uh, profile in courage by Lamar. And I'm a little surprised, uh, not totally, but I keep thinking this will be the most significant vote he makes in his career and is the, one of the last votes he'll make. And I, obviously he's not standing for re-election, he's standing down. Uh, and I think it's kind of a sad end note for his career. Well, well, okay, so you disagree with him, but why isn't it a profile? Because I, 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 I... Do you disagree with him? No, no, no. I think if he's he... Not, hang on, he's not standing for re-election. That's right. He's not a MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter. He's a longtime public servant. He was the governor of, of Tennessee. He was the education secretary under Bush 41. He worked with you in the White House prior to that. And he just gave a very principled thing, a statement saying, I disagree with the president's behavior. He has no political reasons to do anything other than his conscience. And you don't think that's a vote of courage. And he's going to be criticized by people on this station and all over the media. I think it's a huge vote of courage, uh, uh, stand of courage on his part. He's going to get eviscerated by people it, like but, you. But is it right? I mean, I, I, you may be well, right on the issue of courage. I'm just talking about on the merits. Is it the right decision? I think it, I think it reflects what a lot of Americans believe, and it certainly reflects what a lot of Senate Republicans believe, which is this may have been inappropriate. Had, this, had the Democrats not overreached and perhaps brought censure as a vote to the Senate, maybe we would have voted for this. They went too far and tried to remove him in an election year. It doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. That's a principled thing for him to say. You may disagree with it, but it's a principled thing for him to say, and it's the, it's the view that a lot of Americans also hold. Kirsten, do you believe not, they would have voted for censure? They would not have voted for censure, so let's not sit here and pretend like They would have gotten more happened. bipartisan. They would never have voted for censure. There's absolutely no way. Now, I don't know whether you can call it a profile on courage or not a profile on courage, but let's also not pretend because somebody leaves office that they don't have a life in Republican politics afterwards. Okay, so everybody has calculations that they make. The issue is how can you sit and have watched what we have all sat and watched and merely think that something inappropriate happened. I mean, that's just not what happened. We heard from the lawyers over and over, the president's lawyers, saying there's nobody who can say that they heard this from the president, suggesting that if we could hear from somebody who heard it from the president, that perhaps it would be relevant. We have somebody, and they have chosen to not have that, and that's what this statement is about. That This statement is about not wanting to hear from the person that we kept hearing we needed to hear from. So uh, it's, it's not a real trial and it's not a real exoneration. And it's a cover-up. That's what the, the Senate has now done. They have covered up what the President of the United States has done in his grievous action when they had the ability to find out more and reach a bipartisan, as it were, decision if we could hear from the witnesses, if Mr. Bolton could come in and tell us, is there anything else there? No, maybe it would be exonerating. This is a cover-up, plain and simple. And there has been no attempt throughout this proceeding by the Republicans in this Senate of the United States, the so-called world's greatest deliberative body, which we now known, uh, we now can see how deliberative it is, uh, that we have seen now a really shameful and an episode in our history that is going to redound for many, many years, particularly because of the Dershowitz catechism for the cult of Trump. Uh, that is an astonishing assertion that Dershowitz made about Mike, what the president can do. Mike, I'm wondering what you think of Senator Coons saying, you know, that the president could 
do this again. I mean, that, that well, there's nothing to stop him. There's no... One of the things that he said was, it's up to my Republican colleagues to call him out. Senator Alexander called him out in that statement. He oh. said it was inappropriate. Wow. I also whoa, think... Whoa. I also, I also think that it is dangerous, and this is just where we are in our politics. Now what the Democrats are going to say all through the election is, oh, Donald Trump's winning? Well, he's obviously getting foreign influence. He's stealing the election. That's what this is being teed up. So if he wins, but, well, no, I'm just wondering. No, but that, my, that is a very right, dangerous my question was, result of all of this. If that's where would the Democrats that would go be okay this. with you if he did it again tomorrow? No, of course. He, <laughs> you should not have foreign interference in our elections. That I, I, of course, I don't believe we should have foreign interference. Right, but in but if it's not, uh, it's not an abuse of power. What's it's the not punishment? A, it's not a. I mean, what, what's to stop it? Their impeachment under normal circumstances it would be impeaching a president who engaged in that kind of. First you know, of all, we had we had a Mueller report that said that he did not collude with Russia. So first of all, he, that didn't happen. Well, I didn't Secondly, say that. Uh, just on it this, is, it is debatable as to whether or not that's what happened here. Mm. I mean, and you and I have argued we are, right. we're in a different place on this. I believe that the president of the United States talking about the former sitting vice president to another country and saying we need to investigate what they may have done that is corrupt is who happens to be his political opponent right. is in not exchange, something that, that but conditioning right. aid in exchange i mean we've been through well, this yeah. thousand times yeah. so um, but but again it's the it's the conditioning of the act on the official action you know but just on a different point and i agree with jeffrey that the statement that we just heard was a little bit of gobbledygook and it was sort of all over the place i think the the most tragic part of it is how he hinges it on the fact that it's an election year because if that's the case if we now have made the choice that we can never impeach another president in an election year you can't do it ever again and you but, should never have right. done it uh, the three times so what i i guess because uh, right. I just don't understand. So tomorrow, Rudy Giuliani could set up an office like two blocks from the White House and hire Igor Fruman yes. and Le- if he's not sent to jail or Lev Parnas, although I think he's done with Lev Parnas, uh, and he could start doing this. Ag- he could start operating for the president again overseas doing stuff. And, and that and so, would be and, and something we've talked about. OK, so stop right there. Now, listen to what they said collusion, foreign interference, and then shaming a man who stood for what he wanted, right? You heard it from their own mouth. But here's where it gets interesting. The same people that are claiming there's foreign interference, obviously Mueller report, sorry man, didn't happen, are the same ones that have been spending and giving away our money, our money, right, to other governments so that we can help their elections, right? We gave $40 million to Ukraine, sent them over 250 permanent employees and over 1,200 temporary employees to marshal their elections. So wait a minute. Is that not foreign interference? I mean, the same people claiming foreign interference do it in other countries through programs called USAID. We have given uh, merit to money, we gave power to money, right? We gave power to money. That is what we did. And remember uh, that statement? Oh, I forget. Uh, Labyrinth. Oh, I totally adore that movie. What did she say? You have no power over me. The power you give to something is exactly, exactly what governs you so how much power do you think that this house has over you 
If you believe that they're in charge, they're in charge. If you believe they work for you, which is what they're supposed to do, they work for you. And that's how it goes forward. And you know, lots of um, orchestrated, I would say, accepted, Mr. Smith. Attempts to waken the population have happened. Here's one from 1977 pretending to be or could be an alien broadcast. I'm going to try to make this as loud as possible on the podcast. We'll amplify. So I want you to take a listen to this because it interrupts a broadcast in 1977 on the BBC. And everyone in the United Kingdom and anyone else streaming BBC could hear it. These include stopping the execution of listen. all captured prisoners of war. Pause it right there. You can't hear it much, and we'll get back to it after the break. Okay? Pretty interesting. You could Google it yourself. See you all in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. This is the second hour, and I'm going to play that whole clip. And the audio is really bad. It's from the 70s. I'll play the whole clip later um, from the beginning. And I'll pause every now and then and just read the transcribed version of it. Um, You can also find it on YouTube. They keep deleting it, but people keep putting it up. Uh, So it's pretty 
pretty crazy uh, because it went throughout the whole United Kingdom and it says things that totally make sense now, I'm just saying. So what we need to see and the purpose of the first hour was to, uh, first of all, um, have you understand why we're in the place where we're at. Understand what human instinct is and the fight of the fittest and how you're considered inferior. I think you can see that now. I believe that a lot of people can see that now. And that's a problem that we have. When do we allow the reptilian brain to take over? And you know, uh, this is why children are being harmed. This is why so much research is being done into mind control and all these experiments they do uh, to find ways to control human beings. You know, if you actually read really ancient scriptures, like from from Egyptian uh, tombs and, uh, you know, from the emerald tablets, you'll see that they supposedly genetically manipulated other beings, uh, possibly that were here, that were stronger, that were fitter, manipulated genes of others to make them strong workers <laughs> to serve them. It's always been the way, uh, right? Humans, even when we cultivate lands, we use an ox because it's stronger to, uh, you know, plow the field, right? Uh, and, and Obviously, it's not a really good example because the ox, even though it does the whole field, you take care of it, you feed it, and you give it shelter, etc. And you would say the same thing about a master and a slave. The master will always take care of the slave. Uh, you know, they will feed them and they will clothe them and they will house them, but they will also treat them like property. Uh, I know a lot of farmers. Uh, you know, I'm I'm Greek, and so we have farms. And any animals being used for transport, donkeys, whatever, you know, uh, an ox to plow the field, ducks so you could take their eggs or, you know, when they're old enough, you slaughter them to eat them. Uh, you don't treat them like property. You feed them, you take care of them, you talk to them, right, per se, um, because we all work together. It's each complementing each other. Obviously, the whole eating them part might throw people off. But remember, we share DNA with uh, even a banana shares human DNA. I just wanted to put that out. Creatures of God, creatures of our creator. Uh, it's it's a really interesting aspect um, for one uh, to to tackle uh, in regards to humanity. We all are supposed to be participating right now in this day and age. Uh, we all have to be speaking for those that cannot speak. The abuse that innocent people have, the death to the elderly and the unborn and even the recently born is a big problem. But you have to remember all these clowns you see sitting there telling you how to think are mere puppets the real leaders, you don't even know what they look like. They could be standing right next to you for all you know. But it's easy to identify them at some point. It's easy to recognize them at some point because you can feel the good and you can feel the evil. Can you not? Have we lost the ability of what is it called? To trust our gut? What does your gut tell you? What does your gut tell you? I mean, your gut is something super duper important, right? For survival. What does your gut tell you?
that's what we need to take a look at. What happens right now when people realize the truth about everything? Because the truth is this. You are inferior to them. What happens when they find out the truth? What will become of them? We saw it. We heard it. We felt it. When they heckled Pelosi, right? Did you get the heckling of Pelosi? If you didn't, I'll have you hear it. Take a listen to this. These are the illegal migrants. And they're saying the Democrats are the deporters. Ah, the truth is coming to light. Because they realize now, you all you have to do, I'm retweeting this, all you have to do is see her face, the detest she has in these people. How dare you speak to me? You don't know what you're talking about. That's because you're inferior to them. How dare you lift a word against us? How dare you say anything against us? Mm. It's very interesting, very, very interesting how things are coming to light. Modern day slavery is not just about debt, being born into debt. It's not just about working just to keep your head above water. Human trafficking shows just how inferior they believe everyone is to them. And we now are empowered to bring them down. Those that treat humans as children of a lesser God. Mm. All of it is coming to light. What happens when everyone can see the truth? When they wake up, they will wake up. It's very interesting to see, isn't it, guys, how things are changing, how things are happening, taking them down one by one for everything they have done to humanity, everything. And you know, the worst part is, is that they plant the largest snakes and the largest animals that they can put around those that fight for those that cannot see, for those that are unable to understand and comprehend what's going on. Uh, it's, they use every trick in the book. You know, we're only programmed by, we come in with a basic bootstrap program, right? Bootstrap program. That's how we come in, which is to love to have compassion, and to wish to experience happiness. And, you know, happiness is such an odd term because no one can really define it, right? You can't really define happiness. 
but you can define evil. Listen to evil speak now. Any other comments the Senate would benefit from hearing before we adjourn for the evening? Mr. Chief Justice, members of the uh, Senate, we've just heard from the House, from the uh, President's counsel, is the usual nonsense. As we draw to a close tonight, there are only three things to remember. One, we've had enough. Second, look at the whistleblower, irrelevant. Look at the House procedures, irrelevant. Look at Hunter Biden, irrelevant. Look at the Steele dossier, irrelevant. That's why all these distractions. Well, if the House managers say the case is so strong, why do you need more witnesses? Because the truth can be bolstered. I yield back. Yeah, we need to bring the president to heel. We need to bolster our truth because the regular truth isn't good enough. That's what we need to do. We need to bolster our truth because it's not good enough. So the Senate impeachment trial has uh, resumed. But recently won election. Yes, that would be a good thing. Let's see what we have here. It's live. Floor of the U.S. Senate for this afternoon's proceedings. More details at nytimes.com. So they're waiting for Chief Justice Roberts, compromised judge it is, who may be the person that has to do the deciding vote, which will be the moment of truth. Does he repent? That's the question. So here he is coming in, and he is ready to take a seat with his little briefcase. The moment of truth on how we're going to hear this happen. The Senate will convene as a court of impeachment. The chaplain will lead us in prayer. Thank God we have prayer. Let us pray. Eternal Lord God, you have summarized ethical behavior in a single sentence. Do for others what you would like them to do for you. Remind our senators that they alone are accountable to you for their conduct. Lord, help them to remember that they can't ignore you and get away with it. For we always reap what we sow. Have your way, mighty God. You are the potter. Our senators and we are the clay. Mold and make us after your will. Stand up, omnipotent God. Stretch yourself. And let this nation and world know that you alone are sovereign. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please join me in reciting the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under 
they start I just wanted to say that prayer was perfect he was literally telling them what their duty is to mankind what they should be doing he's saying that they better be careful because God is sovereign mm-hmm. let's take a listen how does this start all persons are commanded to keep silent on pain of imprisonment while the Senate of the United States is sitting for the trials, trial of articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, President of the United States. The majority leader is recognized. For information of all colleagues, we'll take a break about two hours in. Pursuant to the provisions of Senate Resolution 483, the Senate has provided up to four hours of argument by the parties equally divided on the question of whether or not it shall be in order to consider and debate under the impeachment rules any motion to subpoena witnesses or documents. Mr. Manager Schiff, are you a proponent or opponent? Mr. Cipollone, are you a proponent or opponent? Thank you. Then Mr. Schiff, you may proceed. Before I begin, uh, Mr. Chief Justice, the House managers will be reserving the balance of our time to respond to the argument of counsel for the President. Mr. Chief Justice, uh, Senators, fellow House managers, and counsel for the President, I know I speak for my fellow managers uh, as well as counsel for the President in thanking you for your careful attention to the arguments that we have made uh, over the course of many long days. Today we were greeted to yet another development uh, in the case when the New York Times reported with a headline that says, Trump told Bolton to help his Ukraine pressure campaign, book says. The president asked his national security advisor last spring in front of other senior advisors to pave the way for a meeting between Rudolph Giuliani and Ukraine's new leader. According to the New York Times, more than two months before he asked Ukraine's president to investigate his political opponents, President Trump directed John R. Bolton, then his national security advisor, to help with his pressure campaign to extract damaging information on Democrats from Ukrainian officials, according to an unpublished manuscript by Mr. Bolton. Mr. Trump gave the instruction, Mr. Bolton wrote, during an Oval Office conversation in early May that included the acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, the President's personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani, and the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, who is now leading the president's impeachment defense. Now, you will see in a few moments, and you will recall Mr. Cipollone suggesting that the House managers were concealing facts from this body. He said all the facts should come out. Well, there's a new fact which indicates that Mr. Cipollone was among those who were in the loop. Yet another reason why we ought to hear from witnesses. Just as we predicted, and it didn't require any great act of clairvoyance, the facts will come out. They will continue to come out. 
And the question before you today is whether they will come out in time for you to make a complete and informed judgment as to the guilt or innocence of the president. Now, the Times article goes on to say that Mr. Trump told Mr. Bolton to call Vladimir Zelensky, who had recently won election as president of Ukraine, to ensure Mr. Zelensky would meet with Mr. Giuliani, who was planning a trip to Ukraine to discuss the investigations that the president sought in Mr. Bolton's account. Mr. Bolton never made the call, he wrote. Never made the call. Mr. Bolton understood that this was wrong. He understood that this was not policy. He understood that this was a domestic political errand and refused to make the call. The account of Mr. Bolton's manuscript portrays the most senior White House advisors as early witnesses in the effort that they have sought to distance the president from, including the White House counsel. Over several pages, according to the Times, Mr. Bolton laid out Mr. Trump's fixation on Ukraine and the president's belief based on a mix of scattershot events, assertions, and outright conspiracy theories that Ukraine tried to undermine his chances of winning the presidency in 2016. As he began to realize the extent and aims of the pressure campaign, Mr. Bolton began to object, he wrote in the book, affirming the testimony of a former National Security Council aide, Fiona Hill, who had said that Mr. Bolton warned that Mr. Giuliani was a hand grenade who's going to blow everybody up. Now, as you might imagine, the president denies this. The president said today, I never instructed John Bolton to set up a meeting for Rudy Giuliani, one of America's, one of the greatest corruption fighters in America. So here you have the president saying, John Bolton is not telling the truth. Let's find out. Let's put John Bolton under oath. Let's find out who's telling the truth. The trial is supposed to be a quest for the truth. Let's not fear what we will learn. As Mr. Cipollone said, let's make sure that all the facts come out. Mr. Chief Justice, Senators, Counsel for the President, last Tuesday at the onset of this trial, we moved for Leader McConnell's resolution to be amended to subpoena documents and witnesses from the onset, from the outset. This body decided to hold the question over. You have now heard opening arguments from both sides. You have seen the evidence that the House was able to collect. So I'm going to stop her because I really don't like her tone, first of all. The president's count. And uh, I just wanted to point something out. The articles of impeachment they passed don't have to do with this. I'll tell you one thing. USAID, I've been talking about it for two years. I'm almost blue in the face, writing about it, talking about it, pushing my little image that I made, which is a washing machine with a stamp that says USAID on it. USAID is the way they've created, the channel they've created, the money leak they've created, not only to, again, empower themselves with money that we've given value to, okay, but to destroy people.
I want the Ukrainians. Remember when we talked about how, you know, Pasternak had gone to Ukraine. Remember how they were really butthurt about Crimea because the Crimeans voted 98 percent to not join the EU and be something like an independent republic that kind of relies on Mother Russia, right? Because let's not forget, they've always been part of the same empire, the Russian Empire. So it's not like they're going to totally go off. It's like Cyprus. Cyprus used to be part of the Greek Empire. But Cyprus became independent, but still identify as Greek because they can't change their eons of history. It's not like they're a nation that came out of, you know, nowhere and say, well, well, we're just putting up a post. They've been there for thousands of years. So the Crimeans voted to stay. This annexation that we have to say annexation, right? It's like Hong Kong is an annexation. The Ukrainians were under the same thing. And what they did was that they used our federal tax dollars to kill Ukrainians. They used our federal tax dollars to change their church to weaponize the Christian church, not the Catholic church, the Christian church, the historical Christian church, the Orthodox church, they annihilated. They are changing religion. They are changing everything. They changed everything with their money. We meddled in their elections. We did. When are the Ukrainians going to get pissed off? They did. And now they're paying for it. And the person who is giving them a voice is also paying for it. How many times did we hear Ukraine tried to help Hillary Clinton in 2016 and 2017? Now they're helping President Trump? Come on. Joe Biden was a worthy candidate. Please, this guy, even if he was run unopposed, if he ran unopposed, he would lose. Okay? He would totally lose. A hundred percent lose. Because he's a creep. He's a crook. He's a liar. When he ran for president back then, he was caught lying, right? He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a pervert. He's a child. Oh, gosh. Why are we allowing them to have power over us? They are nothing. Guys, if I was in a place where I didn't have children, I'm going to tell you what. I would have let an army to walk right into that, not with weapons, but to just take over the house and say, get out. I don't care what the laws say. You're out. You're fired. Thousands of us in here right now took over the house because it's ours, not yours. Get out. That is exactly what we should. We don't need to kill them. (laughs) We need to remove them. Oh, well, we have laws and you must do this and recall. Who says? Who says we can't go to the streets with our torches and our pitchforks and tell them, get out or pay citizen arrest? We can do that. And yet we're allowing them on our dollars to be dining and hoteling and putting on this charade on our dime. Ask them how many times they ate at the Ritz-Carlton tonight so that, you know, they could discuss. Why aren't we storming the halls of Congress right now? If I was in another position, I would totally be there. And I was actually flirting with the idea in November that if there was an impeachment trial, that I would be standing there in D.C. and I would be calling on everyone to come with me and say, we're going to go in. 
It's our house. I pay for that floor. I pay for the lights on. I pay for the chairs you sit in. I pay for the pen you're writing with. I'm coming in there and I am taking it back because it belongs to me because I pay for it. You don't get out. I would walk into Pelosi's office. I would take her gavel and say, it's not yours. It's mine. And I'd have three, five, 50, a million people standing right behind me saying the same thing. That's how you take it back. We're being very civilized right now. We're allowing them to play it because you know what? We've been told that we can't do that. Who says that all of us can't go down there and say, give me the gavel now? Who says we can't occupy the house? Tell me. Who's telling you you can't go in the house and sit in the chair that you pay for? The police? Who's telling you that you can't go there and do that right now? Who says you can't go in there? Rules that you've allowed them to make because we've given them that power. Giving the power back to us, the people, is allowing us to increase transparency, and to make sure that our voices are heard. I hear them over and over again that they're doing the will of the people. Is this your will? No. Is this the way you want your country to go? No. Is this a partisan impeachment? Yes. Are they mentioning anything in their fake wannabe articles right now on the floor? No. They're telling you all these other things when we can tell you a million more. We can tell you what pillaging they've done, how they've killed populations. You want to talk genocide? You want to talk child human trafficking? Because what? Because you're inferior. There's a handful of them. Huh. Nothing but a peasant. We all know the attitude that Hillary Clinton has is exactly that. Again, this, like the prayer, opening prayer said, God is sovereign and all his creatures are too, especially those that are children of God. They are sovereign. You have no right to trample on them. That is the way it is. So uh, on that note, I'm going to play this really, really weird video um, that is not debunked, Okay. This is like, it actually happened. I, I think I found it somewhere else. I'm going to see if it's amplified better. That was posted over five, six years ago. I see a lot of them um, posted out here. Uh, it's a four-minute video. Give me a second. Let me get this back up. And I want you guys um, to listen to it. It's really bad, but, uh, you know, in audio, but it's playing over broadcasting. This is the voice of Kumar, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Kumar, speaking with you. Okay, all I tell you, it says, hold on, what did he say? He said, this is the voice of Gramala, the representative of the Astra Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years, you have seen us as lights in the skies. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom, as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. Mr. 
We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your worlds so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disasters which threaten your worlds and the beings on our worlds around you. This is in order that you may share in the great awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. Okay, so this one says the new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only if your rulers are made aware of the evil forces that overshadow their judgments. Be still now, and your may not come again. So it says, be still now and listen, for your chance may never come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time of conflict conflict has therefore passed and the race of which you are part may proceed to the highest planes of evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do this the race of which you are part may proceed to the highest stages of its evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do this you have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill you have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. And just for people to understand, ages are, um, it has to do with the Earth's slow processional rotation. And each age, like the age of Aquarius, the age of Pisces, whatever, it lasts for 2,160 years. So this message um, was supposedly aired in 1977. Could this have been another attempt to steganographic communication or was this indeed extraterrestrial nobody knows but it was pretty bizarre because it's not been debunked it was an actual fact that happened and it was 1977 and you know maybe it was hacked and maybe someone put it out there um but who knows take a listen to the rest of this message small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you Small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept the Many go as wide as this. Then they run out. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realms of spiritual evolution. Here now the voice of Graham the of the Astra Galacta um hold on, let me go back to the transcription command speaking to you. Representative Be aware also that there are many 
Be aware, says, that there are many false prophets and guides operating in your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil areas. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil ends, giving you worthless dross in return. Giving you worthless dross in return. Your divine self protect you from this. Your inner divine self will protect you from this. You must be utterly sensitive to the voice within you. You can learn to be sensitive to the voice within that can tell you what is truth and what is confusion, chaos, and untruth. Learn to listen to the voice of truth which is within you, and you will lead yourselves onto the path of evolution. This is our message to you, our dear friends. We have watched you growing for many years as you have watched our lights in your skies. You know that we are here and that there are more beings on and around your earth than your scientists admit. We are deeply concerned about you and your path towards the light and will do all we can to help you. Cats have nine lives. Have no fear. Seek only to know yourselves and live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. We of the Asta Galactic Command thank you for your attention. We are now leaving the planes of your existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. Huh, that was it. That was actually aired in 1977 throughout all of England. A message of hope and a message of love, I guess, and a message that bared a strong warning that we are in this place where we can make changes, positive changes, that we don't have to, right? We don't have to put up with the things that we are putting up with, that we are that of love. And this is important for us. Let it percolate. I mean, this could be a sham. This could be a hoax, whatever it may be. The message is still a good one. It wants you to be awake. Money is powerful because we give it power, right? Kind of like barter because it's always that foundational, I guess, primal law of the fight of the fittest, you know, the fittest only win, 
this is how evolution happens. This is why they're going into designer babies and trying to make this race exceptional. But what makes this exceptional is something that even this, if it was a hoax, right? Whatever. Your divine self is exceptional. Right? Your divine self. There are people across this planet that have access to technology you couldn't even believe. There are people that have specific ways of going through looking glasses that tell you these things in moderation because how is it that one can conceive the evil that has engulfed our world? What's weird is that in 1977 when this aired is where a more civil takeover was being implemented. That's when we had Iran created. That's when China and all of these other nations were kind of breaking apart the creation of the stealth of North Korea. It was coming to fruition. The foundations that they had, instead of coming in with force, they came in with money. You know, as a Greek American, I'm always proud to say that because of the Greeks, Hitler was stopped. But the truth be said, the Greeks held up the Nazis, but they also lost their nation in that process. And you're gonna be like, well, how? They saved so many people from being killed or whatever. Mm. But then they were bought. See, at that time, they had sticks and stones and donkeys. They didn't have... A, technology they didn't you know very few people had access to tvs and that would be government officials so that way they were aware of things everyone was still at the radio while in the u.s we were on tvs some people like the majority of the nation didn't even have power at the time of world war ii i'm just telling you shoes were a luxury people still walked around barefoot in greece we're talking 1940s right there were cars but very few And you know what changed right after that? They got a lot of money, you know, like a version of Goldman Sachs back then. It was all about money. Think, I mean, the Jews were massacred, yes. But what was Hitler's problem? He did it wrong, okay? He did it really wrong. He went way off. But that's, again, the evil side, the nefarious side of human nature. His problem was that money was buying everything. He wanted to empower his people to be independent, but then he went a little bit nutso because they got to him, drugged him up, and made him this monster and took out the Jews. Say, oh, it's their fault. They're the richest ones, so I'm going to take them out. We don't need these Jewish banks. He did it wrong because just like in every clan of humans and none, they have their own specific superpowers, just like each and every one of us do. And it just so happens that there's good Jews and bad Jews, right? He just said, all of them. I don't want to miss one. Just like there's good Americans and bad ones. Is it okay that they're just, let's just get rid of them all just to make sure we got each and every one of them? No, that's not how it works. But that's where he went off the deep end. If you think about it, and I'm not, you know, a Hitler sympathizer, but if you think about the early, early, early conversations he was having before he started targeting the Jews, he was a capitalist that then was changed into this monster and fulfilled an agenda for others 
rather than himself, ending up killing himself per se or whatever. He was an elitist just like all these other clowns. That's why Bush was funding Hitler. Are you getting it now? They're all part of the same. Hitler was just a tool like Adam Schiff, right? Hitler was just a tool like Pelosi. Hitler was just a tool like Obama to do the bidding of them. Who's them? The real kingpins. The real leaders that you don't see. But our president knows. And this is why we're dismantling their funding and their support. These idiots you see on your TV now impeaching this president are just like Hitler. Stupid puppets that will go to any extent. They're all going to be rounded up. Hillary Clinton, a step above, a little bit queenship right there, right? Because she's the one that implemented everything. It was during her dumb husband's tenure who was president, but she was really president, let's be fair. She was running Hillary Care and sorting out corresponding armies, giving the UN the ability to have sovereignty on our land. All happened during the Clinton era. All of it. Every single bit of it. This is why she had to win. And they never thought she would lose. Because they had everything thought out and calculated. But they missed one thing and that is free will. And they will beat it out of you. They will repeat a lie so many times that you're going to believe it at some point. Because that's all you hear. That's their strategy because that's the only thing they have. I'm telling you, they never all started with bad intentions. The bad intentions come later, right? It comes when the more powerful and smarter come in to take them out. It's, it's, that's how they win because they use these tools. They use these tools to attack everyone. It's like subtle mind conditioning. Subtle, subtle brain control. I mean, we're going to have a lot, a lot of, uh, I would say, disclosure coming soon. A lot of it. But the important thing is The most important thing is that we are divine in itself. In ourselves, we are sovereign because God is sovereign, like the Senate chaplain said. His prayer said it all, and you will always reap what you sow. Always. He said it. They cannot ignore you and get away with it. This is what he said. You will always reap what you sow. What they have sowed is evil. What they have sowed is corruption. What they have sowed is pain. And every single senator out there Schiff, you're responsible for yourself. I don't care how powerful they are. 
you're responsible because like every human being, I'll tell you what, and I think all of us are on the same page on this. I mean, obviously Adam Schiff has gone off the deep end, but the majority of us have erred in our life. We've done so much wrong in our life. Always. We always do. There's none of you that can be so innocent that you can cast the first stone. None of you. Those that repent and apologize, that know that they've done wrong. If I come to you and say, I'm really, really sorry that I did this. I didn't want to do it. I felt, or in my mind, I thought it was the right thing to do because for whatever reason, in that frame of mind, I thought it was the right thing to do. I stole those diapers because my baby needed diapers, right? I'm sorry, I know I could have went to a church, but that was like way too far. I couldn't walk three miles in the cold with a baby to go get it. I couldn't go and beg on the corner because I I was too proud. Something, whatever it is, you know, there's so many situations. But when they apologize, you can't help to say, you know, I've done wrong. I get it. Doesn't mean you'll be friends with them. Doesn't mean you'll 100% forgive them personally, but you understand. So it's up to the senators to be accountable for their conduct, whatever that conduct may be. Because it's going to be you and the creator or the cosmos or God, whatever name your creator subscribes under, you're going to be meeting them at some point. And they've already know what you've done and they already know what's in your heart. So where do you stand? So I'm going to play what the Senate chaplain said again. And for some reason, the Democrats think that it's all about attacking the Republicans. Take a listen to it again. Eternal Lord God, you have summarized ethical behavior in a single sentence. Do for others what you would like them to do for you. Remind our senators that they alone are accountable to you for their conduct. Lord, help them to remember that they can't ignore you and get away with it. For we always reap what we sow. Have your way, mighty God. You are the potter, our senators, and we are the clay. Mold and make us after your will. Stand up, omnipotent God. Stretch yourself. And let this nation and world know that you alone are sovereign. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so I don't know why the Democrats think that uh, this is something against the Republicans because do one as you would want others to do to you. Pelosi, do you want people to cheat you out of money? Hmm? Schumer, do you want 
people to do what you've done to others, destroyed businesses and families because, I don't know, they spoke of you in a certain way. That should be coming out soon, right? I think so, if I remember correctly. God sees everything. God sees everything. And yes, you will reap what you sow. And what they <laughs> they have sowed is division, hate, segregation, destructions of morals, destruction of reality, destruction of facts, and they will reap it. So I don't know why the Democrats are trying to spin this as if the chaplain was speaking about Republicans because the Republicans have always promoted unity, have always promoted prosperity, have always promoted the people. You know, to say that their articles of impeachment uphold our Constitution is not only erroneous and preposterous, but sets a very dangerous precedence. A dangerous precedence, not just for this nations, but for nations around the world. We have meddled in almost every single election. We have committed crimes, war crimes, under other presidents that none of us want to admit to because we don't want to be tied to them because we didn't approve of them. But the minute we understand that, okay, we were suckered. They were in control and we were suckered. It's not your fault. You know, I've been hearing a lot about that. It's not your fault, Tori, what happened. It's not your fault this. It's not your fault that. And no matter how many times someone tells me, it's not your fault. You're doing your best you can. You've been told that before. We all can't help but say, in my reality, in my world, in my existence, I command it. So if I'm commanding it and something bad happens, I must have had a hand in it in any shape or form. And all you do is try to figure out how this happened, right? So in this reality, when people find out the crimes that we have committed as a nation, we have, just like every other nation. There is no nation out there that hasn't. We have to say to ourselves to understand. We have to forgive ourselves for forfeiting our right to rule ourselves and giving them the wheel with no checks and balances. Right now, what they're doing is trying to take away the last check and balance you have, and that's your vote. That is exactly it. So all of us, every single one of us, have felt this. And it is really hard to tell a nation of people what they have been doing, taking advantage of us, the people, committing war crimes, stealing money, eradicating and redrawing nations and borders, installing their own people in other nations. Well, I mean, why do you care what happens in Iran? Of course you care, because that's another child that was just born, another woman that is hurting, another man that is hurting. Of course you care. How could you not care? This is why they put commercials with kids that have distended stomachs so you could just give them money, right? Because we care, because we are loving creatures. We are creatures of God. So we always have that good in us. 
So this is where it comes down. Everything will come out. Everything will come out. And today is the day, the last day of the first month of this year, where the joys of the British are being heard, even though they will be short-lived. And the voices of Americans will finally be heard or not. I do not want to see my president go to the State of the Union with this on his back. I want him empowered and stronger than ever. I want him to stand there for the last time in a pit of snakes. They all belong somewhere in the Vatican to repent. I want him to stand as tall as he can. I want this vote to fail. And I expect the judge, if it's a 50-50, to say, listen, you had to have majority. You don't have majority. It failed. I'm not taking a break vote. Even though they're all making arguments, you're going to take the vote. Don't forget, we got the hacked emails too. And we're not going to release them. And if they do, we'll claim that it was some other country that hacked it. You know, just like they did when their own people stole their emails They said it was Russia, right? So that's where I'm going to leave you guys. Pray, pray, and pray, you guys. I'll see you all Monday. Just pray. Pray.